Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Welcome to week two of our annual DCC Sabbath. Um, This is something we do every year. As I said last week, this is a very different month for us. We tend to be a little more casual than than normal on Sundays. We're a pretty casual church anyways, but anyway, but um, this is even more casual. And so Sundays in July are like that. Um, We are participating in family activities every Wednesday night, giving our children's workers the month off. They deserve it. They need it. They need a little break before we hit the ground running in August. There are no small group Bible studies meeting this month at all. They've all got the month off. And as I do every year, I am teaching on the subject of Sabbath. And last Sunday, we preached our 35th sermon on this topic. Today is the 36th sermon throughout the past um, nine years that you have heard on this particular subject. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot it, to take that in, but it's something that we continue. We need to be reminded of this because the Sabbath commandment is the one that is the easiest to break. Last week, I told you that we like to look busy. We think that people are actually impressed with our busy schedules. Um, Paul warns us in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 he says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil we've got to be careful church on how we invest the time that God has given us we've got to make sure that we're investing that time in the right things killing time or wasting time on the wrong things it's not murder I told you it's suicide you're killing yourself We took a good look at Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus invited all of us when he said these words, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. That is an invite that he gives each and every one of us. And so last Sunday, that was the challenge. Don't take it somewhere else. Don't don't go to what you think is going to restore you. Don't go to what you think is going to give you rest. You've got to go to Christ. If you want true fulfillment, if you want true rest for your soul, you've got to go to Christ. We've got to learn to rest in him and be renewed by his spirit. I have come to realize that I'm not a good traveler. I have to travel. Often I will, and and it seems the past month we've traveled quite a bit. But I'm just not a good traveler. I don't like being away from home. Anybody else, you just don't like being away from home? I I don't. I don't like being away from home. I don't sleep well if I'm not in my own bed. I like my pillow. I like my sheets. I like my side of the bed. I, I, I I, I can't even digest my food properly when I'm away from home. I won't go into the details of that, but I just can't. I like my bathroom and I like my throne. That's what I like. And when I'm away from home, I get stage fright sitting on a foreign throne. I do. I do. Some of you, you're you're just so lost right now. God bless your soul. It's probably good that you're lost. My clothes that I like to wear are in my closet at home. That's where they are. Uh, My favorite foods, they are at my house. They are prepared at my home. My hammock is in my backyard. That's where I like to be. The people that I like to spend the, the most time with are at my home. Even my dog that seems overjoyed and excited when I come home is at my house. And nobody else's dog can can make me feel as special as my dog makes me feel when I walk through the door. My home 
home is prepared for me. It is just what I need when I need it. Can I get an amen? amen. My home is what I need. It's prepared for me. And the Sabbath can work the same way. The Sabbath is designed for you. And for some of you, this is going to be the first time that anybody has ever taught you that because you've never understood that it works in your favor. The Sabbath is designed for you. God designed Sabbath in such a way that it can keep you mentally fresh. It, it can keep you sane. And, and, and some of you, trust me, you need to observe Sabbath because you're insane. Um, the Sabbath, it can resurrect your overworked body. The Sabbath can restore relationships that are overstressed. The Sabbath can rebuild your faith in your Lord and in your Creator. You need the Sabbath. And within the confines of Sabbath, our lives are made new again each and every week as long as we participate and partake in Sabbath. That's why God designed it like that. And I'm convinced that many of the hardships that we encounter in our day-to-day -day lives happen because we don't know how to properly Shabbat or we don't know how to properly rest. Our stress levels are at an all-time high because we never disconnect. We leave for work carrying the stress of marriage. We pile the stress of work on top of the stress of marriage that we're carrying. Then when we get home, we pile the stress of parenting on top of the stress of work and the stress of marriage. And, and, and then we carry all of that to bed and we wake up the next day and we start piling more stress on top of yesterday's stress. And the next day we do the same thing and we put more stress on top of that stress. And, and, and we do this day after day expecting to find relief, but you're never going to find relief unless you figure out what Sabbath means for your life. God led us by example at creation. And then he gave his chosen people, the Hebrews, the Jews, he gave them the commandment. And as one of the Ten Commandments, God didn't offer the repetitive rest of Sabbath as a suggestion that might be good for us. He gave it to us as a commandment. It's something that God valued so much that he literally wrote it in stone with the Ten Commandments. It's solidified. It is there. And Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed. Say blessed. blessed. Say it again. Blessed. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In case you haven't realized it yet, whatever God has blessed is what you want for your life. And we miss this promise. We do. We go through our busy lives and we miss this. But whatever God has blessed is what you should want for your life. If I were to walk up to you and I would say, okay, here's two lottery tickets. This one is blessed. This one is not. Which one would you pick? This one, right? Or if I had two brand new cars, the keys to brand new cars. They are identical, same color, same package. They are identical cars. One is perfect, runs great. The other is a lemon and, and, and probably just, just needs to be demolished. 
Which one would you pick? The perfect one, right? You would pick the one that is good, the one that is blessed of the two. So why do we have such a hard time believing that God blesses the Sabbath day? Why is it something that is mentally such a, a struggle for us to, to agree to? Why is it so tough for us to adhere to that? We consistently choose unblessed days over Sabbath days, and he's called us to observe Sabbath. And then over 700 years after God gave the commandment of Sabbath, he speaks through his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14, when he says these words, and listen close because this is huge. Listen, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. Church, God has assured us that there are blessings that follow the keeping of Sabbath. He has reassured us numerous times throughout his word that if you will honor the Sabbath by keeping it holy, if you will do that, there are blessings for your life that will follow. The Sabbath is usually viewed in, in one of two very wrong ways. The Sabbath is usually viewed in one of two very wrong ways. The first way is this. Some people simply don't value the Sabbath. They don't. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about people that have given their hearts to Jesus Christ. They have trusted God with their souls. They're on their eternity. They, they trust him with that. Yet when it comes to valuing the scripture and the principles behind Sabbath, they just don't value it. If we really had the faith that we think that we have, if we really had that kind of faith, how different would our lives look? If we practice the faith that we post about on Facebook and Instagram, if we practice the faith that we tweet about on Twitter, if really we had that kind of faith, our lives would look so much different. Our finances might look different if we trusted him with our finances the way that his word tells us to. Our relationships might look different if we trusted him with our relationships. And our stress levels and our clarity of mind would look different if we truly trusted him at his word when it comes to Sabbath. And the creator of all has invited us into a rhythm of rest that when adhered to, it has the ability to change our personal world and the world around us. But yet it's something that we continue to ignore. Oh, for some of us, we get it right sometimes. Every once in a while, we'll get it right. For others, it's something that is so far from your mind that Sabbath has been reduced to, let's go sit through a church service. Let's give an hour and 15 minutes of our time, and, and, and then we've done our part. And God says Sabbath is so much more than that. The second view that people view Sabbath with that's absolutely wrong is this. The second way that some people see Sabbath is they see it through a legalistic mindset. And you can't do that either. 
You, you can't go from one extreme and, and totally ignore Sabbath or, or not value Sabbath and then put so much emphasis on it that it becomes legalistic. Because if we're not careful, we will make Sabbath a have to and not a get to. And trust me, Sabbath around my house is a get to. It is something that we look forward to. One of my greatest fears in valuing and teaching on the subject of Sabbath so much is that I'm going to come across as legalistic. And, and I want you to hear my heart because at any time during this series, if I seem legalistic at all, just know it's a passion for me. And it is a fear of mine that I don't want to come across that way. God forbid that it, that it happens like that. Sabbath, it should be a blessing, not a burden. It should not be a burden. It should not. It should be a blessing for our lives. And when it, when it came to the subject of Sabbath, the Jewish rabbis, they developed 39 categories of forbidden acts that could not be broken. Most of them were one-word categories, 39 of them. And then through a meeting of the minds, they created 39 derivatives for each of those 39 categories. Now get this, because this, this is where it gets crazy. All in all, they created 1,521 ways that you can break the Sabbath. That's it. If you were to read the Jewish Midrash, you would figure out, you would find out that there's 1,521 ways that a good Jew can break a Sabbath. They made it extremely legalistic. There were no freedoms with Sabbath. If you tied a knot, you broke the Sabbath. You could not step on grass for fear of bending it, and therefore you were breaking the Sabbath because it was listed in one of those 1,521 ways. A woman could not look in the mirror on Sabbath because if she saw a gray hair, she would be tempted to pull it out, and I guess that's harvesting, and so you could not look in a mirror. And there were 5,000, or, or I'm sorry, there were 1,518 more ways besides those that I just shared with you that they were, they were listed as possible ways to break the Sabbath. They turned what God looked at as a righteous day into a ritualistic day. The emphasis changed from drawing closer to God, pointing out how, uh, to, to pointing out how far separated imperfect people were from him. That's what it turned into. It created it as nearly impossible to get it right. Even today, if you were to visit Jerusalem on the Sabbath, you would see how serious devout Jews are with keeping the Sabbath. Even to this day, the city of Jerusalem basically shuts down on Sabbath. You may occasionally find a store or two open, but most likely they're owned by Arabs. But almost all Jewish shopkeepers, they're closed. They close their stores on Sabbath. Why? Because they're at home or at the synagogue with their families. Spending time with the things that matter the most. They eat Sabbath meals that, of course, were prepared the day before because you couldn't cook on the Sabbath because that's work. This is interesting to me that some hotels in Israel actually have Sabbath elevators. There's a separate elevator. It's a Sabbath elevator. And these elevators are programmed to stop at every single floor. So when you get on the Sabbath elevator, it's, you, you don't even have to push a button. It's going to stop at the first floor, the second floor, the third floor. The, it keeps going. And it, if you're on the top floor, then you're just out of luck. You've got to stop at every one of them. And if you're coming down on that elevator, on the Sabbath elevator, you don't push buttons. No, you just have to stop at every floor because pushing a button constitutes 
constitutes work, and you can't do that because work is prohibited on the Sabbath. Now, listen close to me because this is good. It might seem a little legalistic, but what a lesson to learn for those of us that are just too busy. That on Sabbath, you stop. You stop running. On Sabbath, you stop working. You stop pushing all of the buttons that control your life. And you just allow God to take you where God wants to take you on Sabbath. Learn that the Sabbath was created for you, not you for the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, I'm going to start reading at verse 23. It's a very interesting passage of Scripture here that Jesus is speaking. And the thoughts that he shares behind Sabbath reinforce what I'm trying to tell you right now. In verse 23, it says, One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Hold your spot right there just for a moment. It's interesting to me that the Pharisees who are tagging along with Jesus, they're they're traveling with Jesus and his disciples as they walk through this grain field. It's interesting that they are the ones that point out that his disciples are breaking the Sabbath. They look at him and say, Jesus, your disciples are the ones, out of everybody in this group that's traveling right now, your disciples, Rabbi, your disciples are the ones that are breaking the Sabbath right now because they're eating, they're picking grain and they're eating it. And it's the religious people that are pointing out that the disciples are breaking the Sabbath. But isn't that the way that it always works? The people that want to appear the most religious are the ones that point out everybody else's religious flaws. Isn't that the way that it works? Some of you, you were raised in that legalistic mindset and in that atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about. It's the people that want to appear religious. They're the ones that will point out everybody else's religious flaws. Beware of these people. They're not satisfied until they tell you how ungodly you are. And they will condemn people and turn believers against other believers. Be careful. Beware of these kinds of people. One of the 39 forbidden categories of Sabbath was reaping. Reaping. Removing all or part of a plant from its source of growth. That was breaking the Sabbath if you did it. I guess you could say the disciples were guilty. They were guilty of breaking that man-made law against Sabbath. They were guilty. They, they, They broke that law with flying colors. But I want you to listen to how Jesus responds to them in verse 25. And he said to them, Have you never read what David did? Now he takes them back to the Old Testament. Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, now listen to these words, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. 
The response of Christ is just classic here. As these religious people are trying their best to discredit Jesus and his disciples, saying that they are breaking the Sabbath, Jesus tells them the Sabbath was made for man. He's telling them, you're missing the point of what Sabbath is about. Listen to me, church. You can't do enough on Sabbath or not do enough on Sabbath to find any more grace from God. That's not what Sabbath is about. Sabbath is not about your salvation. Sabbath is about you being replenished. Sabbath is about you looking in the instruction manual of your design and figuring out that from the beginning of humanity, God has ordained Sabbath for us. And if we don't observe it, our bodies will eventually just give out. That's what Sabbath is about. Listen, if you're a Christian and you're going through life and you're not observing Sabbath, don't get worried. Don't think that you're about to die and go to hell. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm just saying you're probably going to meet Jesus a lot sooner than I will. Because you're running yourself ragged. You're killing time, which is killing you. Jesus was making it clear to these religious leaders Basically, he was saying, Moses and the prophets, they may have set forth the schedule of Sabbath, and that's needed, and it's appreciated, and we get that. But Jesus came to establish the spirit of Sabbath, and the spirit of Sabbath brought peace, not prohibition. And that's what Sabbath does for your life. It's not about what you don't get to do. It's about bringing peace. The Jews have a a, a saying, Shabbat Shalom is what it is. And basically it's on the day that you don't work, may you have peace. Man, I'm telling you, we need to be walking out of this room today and look at each other saying Shabbat Shalom. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be telling each other on this day that you have given to God, that you are honoring him, may you have peace as you walk out of this room. Sabbath was created to serve you, not you it. And when applied to our lives, Sabbath rebuilds our faith. It restores our relationships. It resurrects our tired and weary bodies and our minds. God, give us a heart for Sabbath. There's been this story circulating about a Jewish man that called his Jewish travel agent to book a flight. Neither the travel agent or the man have come forward out of respect for families that are involved in this incident. But Daniel Eliff, the CEO of an online travel agency, claims that his friend was the travel agent who refused to book the man whom we only know by the name of Andrew on Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. And the reason why this travel agent, this Jewish travel agent, the reason he gave was because it would require his Jewish customer to travel on Sabbath. And his conviction simply would not allow him to do that. He agreed to book the other flights, but simply not that leg of the flight, if the man insisted on traveling on Sabbath. And so he released a series of emails sent between the travel agent and the man that we just know as Andrew. And here's what they say. The travel agent wrote, I wish I can give you a day later, but you know I just don't like flying Jews on Shabbat. In turn, Andrew told the agent, 
not to hold the Friday morning flight, and he decided to book a flight on Shabbat, on Shabbat independent of the travel agent. He replied to the email saying, I guess I'll just book the Saturday flight myself. The travel agent booked the rest of the man's travel itinerary, which included flights to Vietnam, Hong Kong, and Melbourne, Australia. Later that evening, Andrew changed his mind and decided not to fly on Shabbat. He thanked the agent for prompting him to consider the obligation not to travel on the, Shab on the Sabbath, writing these words. I reconsidered, you are right, and I should be more observant. I'll manage without that extra day for sightseeing. The travel agent booked the Friday flight, and both men put the matter aside. On March 7th, Andrew successfully flew on Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 from Malaysia to Beijing, China. And exactly 24 hours later, the same flight ended in tragedy resulting in the presumed deaths of the 239 people that were on board. After Shabbat ended on March 8th, the travel agent turned on his computer and he read the following email from Andrew. Holy God, you surely heard what happened to Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. I cannot stop thinking about this. This is a true miracle for the books. You are a true lifesaver. The travel agent responded with these words. I'm so happy for you. I am not the lifesaver. God and Shabbat were your lifesavers. Church, the rabbis have an old saying that goes like this. And they've used it often. They say... More than the Jews have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jews. And the stories throughout history go on and on and on about how God has miraculously helped someone who observed Sabbath and kept them from tragedy or kept them from being killed in war or, or, or something has happened that kept them from being in a serious accident. bottom line is this Sabbath has the ability to save your life if you'll let it and it doesn't have to be from something that is huge and tragic the Sabbath has the ability to save your life just from the day-to-day -day routine just from the busyness that you're going through right now Exodus 20 11. therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.